This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Let's pray and get in the Word. Father, we just thank you for your Word today. Father, we thank you that it's life, it's spirit. And Father, we, we want to feast on your Word. We want to be instructed in righteousness. Father, we want to grow and increase in the ways of God. And Father, we thank you for revelation knowledge being released. Thank you for ears to hear and hearts to receive what you have to speak to us. And God, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk this morning about God is good. And when you say God is good, many church people will say, Y'all are brilliant all the time. And, but do we really understand that God is good? We need to have a revelation. If you don't have this, it can cause your faith to be weak, cause doubt to come in. We need an understanding uh, of the depth of the love of God, the goodness of God in His, and how good He is. When you understand how good He is, you know how to respond to the world. Because we need to know how to respond to the things that are happening in the earth today. Because God gets blamed for many things that he didn't do. And we need to, the deeper your, your revelation, understanding of God's love and his goodness, the stronger your faith will be. And it won't matter what happens, you know that God is good. You know that he is there for you. That he lives on the inside of you. And you can have rest and peace even in the midst of a storm. And God wants us even in the midst of trials and tests. I mean, know that trials and tests are coming. Trouble's coming, the word says it. Especially those that live godly, live a righteous life. There's more coming because you're going counterculture, counter the world where Satan, the little G God, is ruling in this world. And we're to stand out as beacons of light, light in darkness. And our job is to bring people the good news and show them who God really is and represent him the right way. So we have a job before us, but it's a job that we can do. You become a proper witness of God to others when you know how much God is good and how much you are loved by him. I think about Paul, how fully persuaded he became about this, that he said, neither life nor death can separate you from the love of God. Remember, he listed, had all those things listed in Romans chapter 8, that will not separate you from the love of God. That's how powerful his love is. That's how good he is. He's a good God. So when the storms shake your world and things aren't going the way you wanted them to, or it looks like even contrary to Scripture, you have a deep rest and assurance on the inside of you that God is good and that His love will never leave you. And He's on the inside of you. Wow, you're talking about strength. You can be strong then. And then your witness, your light is brighter 
to those that are around you. Terminal disease or death of a loved one or divorce, rejection, abuse. You lose your job. You need to be fully persuaded that God is good. So I want to look at a scripture that is probably one of the misquoted, misquoted and most quoted misused verses that there is in the Bible. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 and says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew he also predestinated to become, to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn of men among many brethren. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, there's people that have never cracked open the Bible that know this verse. Oh, all things are working for good. You'll hear people on TV, they're doing the interview, and they say, it's all good. God's doing that. It's just, everything is God. It's all good. And they, they're misquoting, not really understanding what the Scripture is saying here. When things go crazy and bad things are happening... Well, the Bible doesn't say all things are working for your good. It doesn't say all bad things are working for your good. Okay, I got your attention. A verse is not, is not saying everything that happens to us is from God and is used to accomplish His purpose in our life. Let me say it again. This verse does not say everything that happens to us is from God and is used to accomplish His purpose in our lives. All things don't work together for good for all people. Can you agree with that? All things are not working for good for all people because He puts some stipulations here. It's what we call a conditional promise. And said, you must love God. And what does it say? Let's look at according to his purpose. To those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. Well, if you're not called according to his purpose, are all things working together for your good? No. If you are not loving God, are all things working together for your good? Say no. It's a conditional promise. There's conditions here. And we have to position our heart to be in the place that the promise can be fulfilled in our lives. It's true, and it's a promise, but we have to be in position to see it experienced in our life, to see it fulfilled in our life. Many things are not working together for good. They're working to destroy your life. So you see in your notes there, God's promise is conditional, and I must position myself for the promise to be fulfilled in my life. Now, I'm, I want you to know when you understand this, though, it's one of the most powerful promises in Scripture. Wow, no matter what happens to me, it's working together for my good. You know how comforting and how strengthening that is? It's powerful. You know, we got that song that we sing. It's working together for our good. 
if you love God and are called according to his purpose. And we'll talk about that in, in just a moment. But it does not say all things are good and all things are from God. All things are not from God. All things are not good that's happening in your life. And I hear it all the time. This happened, this happened. But you know, it's good because God's working it. It's, it's, it's from him. And, and what they're saying, that God did it. God didn't do it. Because it's bad. <laughs> it's not good. And we know that God is the author of good, not bad. I know it's kind of deep here on Sunday morning. God good, devil bad. But I've heard people say, everything that happens to me is so good. No, it's not. I see a lot of bad things. I see a lot of bad things happen to good people. It's not always the devil or God. I mean, there, literally, there should be. <laughs> we, I mean, we'd never do a funeral like this, but it should be some funerals. God didn't do it to them. Devil didn't do it. They did it. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> To themselves. Because God gave us a free will to choose. Now God can take even the bad things that happen to you when you love him or are called according to his purpose. He can take even the bad that happens to you and turn around for good. He can take, he is so creative and so awesome of God. He can take what the devil is meant for harm and turn it around for your good. The devil can never win. Even when it looks like he is, he loses. He's a big loser. I don't know how many times, and we all have heard testimonies of people who have done terrible things. Or maybe they've gone to prison. And this great testimony comes out. What is God doing then? He's using all the bad he's turning around for their good to further the kingdom of God. He's using it for redemptive purposes. It doesn't mean God planned all that to happen. I can remember being in youth ministry and we had people come to church or we'd hear these great testimonies. And I was thinking, I need... I can't believe I even say this. I considered for just a moment. Don't think bad of I me. Mean, maybe I need to backslide, do some bad stuff, or I can come back with this awesome testimony. Because I mean, literally, I, you know, man, what a testimony. Nah, not a good idea. <laughs> the best testimony is to raise up in the godly home and always serve God. Amen. That's the best. But I, I hear people, and they, they, they're blaming God indirectly by saying, well, everything that happens to me is God. It's good. And they need to know the truth. They're not understanding the truth. They don't know how good God is. And they wind up getting mad at God and getting all confused because they're saying God is doing these things. Years ago, 
well, our family had a, um, we were close friends with his family and the son, uh, one of their sons, um, they went to another church they were, then we went to, and it was on Wednesday night, the teenage son was taking some kids to church and somebody ran a stop sign and he was killed. Another person was too. It was two teenagers that were killed in this accident. Just a, a horrible uh, situation, everything. And anyway, just to, to make a long story short, uh, at the at the funeral they did an altar call, and some teenagers got saved. I don't remember how many. It was a few that came and, and got saved and gave their life to the Lord. But then you hear people say, "See, God did this where these teenagers could get saved." That, no, no, God, I, uh, listen to what we're really saying. God planned the murder? <laughs> no. N-O, a big capital N-O. <laughs> no. Did God turn around and use it for good? I'm with it. I'm not saying God can't teach you in it. I'm saying he didn't do it. And we need to be clear and know that. So no, let me tell you the, the truth. God doesn't need someone else to die to get a person saved. He already had Jesus die. No one else is needed. Just because God brings something good out of something bad does not mean God does the bad things. Well, God made you sick to teach you something. Hear that quite a bit. Well, learn your lesson. I've learned I don't like sickness. I'm going to be sick. Why are you taking meds? Why are you going to the doctor? Why are you trying to get help? Because deep down on the inside, you know it's wrong for you to be sick. Something in us that wants to be well. But we're trying to do all these things. Well, God is teaching me something through this. I'm not saying he can't teach you something through this. I'm not saying God can't work with this. He didn't make you sick, though. The scriptures tell us he put sickness and disease on Jesus. God is the great physician. Great physician, good. <laughs> the one out there to make everyone sick and environment and all this stuff. Good man. Sovereignty is a place of great confusion. You look up in the dictionary, it means independent. And I, and I believe that definition. No one's telling God what to do. God is number one. He's an awesome God. And he is, he is sovereign. But in his sovereignty, he chose to give you free will. So yes, He's, he's sovereign God, but in his sovereignty, he made some choices, 
and he gave us a free will. So we choose him or not. So let me give you some myths concerning sovereignty. In your notes, it says number three and number four. Mine, it says one and two. <laughs> Sometimes it will number automatically. <laughs> number one says, number three for you, what God allows is his will. How many have heard someone say that? What God allows is, must be his will. Because he's a sovereign God. No. God allows a lot of things that are not his will. People are murdered. That's not the will of God. People are abused. People go through, there's much evil in the world. It's not the will of God. Does he allow it? Yes, he allows it in that he gave man free will. But he's not to blame. There's people not accepting Christ as Lord. That's not his will. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. This is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He desires all. It's his will for all to be saved. So when someone goes to hell or they die without Christ, it's not the will of God. Do we blame God for that? No. The next one. God is controlling everything. No, he's not. Is he in control? Yes. He's got the whole thing laid out. He's in control. But in the midst of his control, he gave man the free will. And you're not a puppet. He's not pulling your string and forcing you to do things. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Have you ever prayed, God just forced me to? <laughs> God, would you just force me? I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys step out in faith, take a step, and let God bring his grace for you to do it. You have choices. He's not going to take away your choices. You have responsibility. You ever wondered why God in the Garden of Eden put that tree? It's because he had given free will choice. And, and see, if there's no choices, there's no free will. Romans 14, 12, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Nothing in all creation, Hebrews 4.13, is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now, let me ask you, if God is controlling everything, why do I have to give an account? It's because I have responsibility. I have to give account for my speech, for my walk, for my life. I have to give an account. And I can't get before God and say, look, you're sovereign. You were in control. I was your puppet. What'd you do? Cut the cord? What happened? <laughs> no. He said, I gave you a mind. I gave you choice. I gave you free will. You choose. 
All you had to do was choose, and then I would empower you with my grace to fulfill the very thing that I was asking you to do that you could not do in your own strength. See, all he's after is for us to surrender and give our will to him, and he does the rest. You can say, I can't do this, I can't do this, but I'm going to do this. I surrender, and then you receive his strength to do it. Hallelujah. God is in control. And he's given you a free will. Now, how many want everything working together for their good? Let's talk about love God for a moment. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. See, when you love, there's a desire to please the one you love. There's a desire, a deep Desire inside to please that one that you love, to bless them. First John 2, 15. Do not love this world, nor the things that offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. See, some people don't love God. Some people reject. The Bible says there are those that reject truth and reject light and have connected to darkness. And, and here's another thing. A lot of times we will think, talking about, and I, I just heard this the other day. Someone was talking about my mom in heaven and meeting this person and I was thinking inside, I thought, I really hope that person's there. Because they did not live with fruit. Show me where there's between them and God, I don't know. But the fruit, you know, you can be a fruit inspector. Don't judge the person, but we can look at fruit. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm looking at the fruit. <laughs> But some reason, we think if a person in their body, if they, if they hate light or reject light and love darkness, we think once they come out of their body, it's not them anymore, but it is you. Once you leave your body, it's still you. And if you didn't love God in your body, when you come out of your body, you're not going to love God then. If you didn't love the truth and love light, if you hated darkness, whatever it was you were in your body, when you come out of the body, that's the way you're going to be. But society as a whole, when you come out of your body, it doesn't matter what you did, whatever. Well, they went straight to heaven. We don't know. They had to accept the Lord. Do I believe in last seconds that you can receive? Absolutely. The Bible talks about some that will be before God, the judgment seat of Christ, and they will have done nothing. All their works will be burned up. Nothing remains, yet they will gain. As with the smell of fire, smoke. I, I don't want to cut it that close. What about you? I want some rewards. I want to. 
So our job is to keep taking the love of God to, to our world. God's not condemning us. I'm not, I'm not talking about God doesn't condemn us. Those that are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. But if you want all things working together for your good, you've got to love God and you've got to be moving according to his purpose or walking with that. Well, Pastor, I haven't been really living in love of God. Well, make a choice. Love the truth. Love, make a choice to love God. Repent and choose God. You know what happens then? All things start working together for your good. But you got to do things his way. Now, I will say this. It's a dangerous place. Do I think there's people that have lived their life and they didn't have all things work together for good? They, they didn't love God. They didn't walk according to his, his purpose. Do I think they'll get to heaven? Well, the Bible talks about backsliders making the end. But there's a danger in that. The danger is you can become hardened of heart and you can get to the place where you reject and renounce Christ. That's a different message. I can go there. It's a dangerous thing. The truth is, if we want to be honest, we've all have not loved God like we should at times. Right? I'm, I'm, and we're all walking and processing through this, and we all have had our times. But I'm saying those that go into a deep hole and don't come back out, some of them can reject Christ, and it's a dangerous thing uh, to have happen to you. So th there is this fight of faith, and the fight of faith is real. There are things that thoughts and, and philosophies of man uh, out there in this world that come against the Scriptures. So we have to fight the fight of faith. We have to stand and fight and, and keep our mind renewed. We've got to stay close to the Lord, loving Him and doing what called according to His purpose. You know, the Bible says that there's a groaning and travail within us waiting for the redemption of our body. There is a warfare, you know, keeping your flesh under, your body wants this and that, that we are groaning inside waiting for that. The, it says that the Holy Spirit is uh, groaning and making intercession for us. And that's where we, we pray in the Spirit. And that's the other side of this verse, actually, and we might talk about it next week, but um, how that plays into this too, all things working together for your good, the things of the, of the Spirit. But fighting that, that fight of faith is, is a daily thing. But when you're fighting it, all things are working together for your good. Amen? This isn't a, a, a just, uh, I don't feel like I'm loving God. Well, just... Just repent. The, the truth is there's degrees and as you're processing through life, God requires more as you're moving forward. And there's always growth. There's always place of moving forward with the Lord. Hallelujah. There's always, you know, there's, some of you are always groaning and moaning <laughs> about something. But we need to be moving, called according to his purpose. Let's look at Romans 8, 28 again. 
And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we see here, called according to his purpose, for he, he, whom he foreknew. Foreknew means to know before. He knew before. So God knew before. And what he did, this is a concept many people, they think, well, I'm predestinated for heaven or hell. That's not what this is talking about. Who he foreknew, he had a purpose for. He set a plan in place. And what this foreknew means that he looked. I mean, remember in... uh, Ephesians 1, 4, it talks about you were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. You were chosen in Christ before you were here, before the foundation of the world. How did God do that? Well, he's pretty smart. He looked down through time and he saw the choice that you would make. He said, oh, they're going to choose my Son and accept my offer of salvation. Therefore, I have a plan and a purpose for them laid out. And that's before the foundation of the world. Because he foreknew. Now, there's some things. Now, I need to get into this. I'll just touch on it just to stir some interest. There are some things that God we can find in scriptures. I know two or three places that God didn't know something. Well, God knows all things. What happened? He chose not, he chose not to know. He chose not to remember. Interesting. Foreknew. God saw who would accept. So pre- Destinate means he prepared a purpose for those in Christ. And he tells us what the purpose is. Now, those he foreknew, he planned their life to be conformed. He did not create a person for hell. He did not make that choice, heaven or hell. It was each person's choice. He does not create anyone said, I created you to go to hell. Welcome my creation. Welcome to hell. <laughs> he didn't do that. Because he's good. He gives us the choice. So what is God's purpose? Well, back up here, you see in verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. The ultimate purpose of God for your life is for you to conform to the image of Christ Jesus. That means in every area. That means that you are growing. Your your calling is to grow into Christ. That means you take Jesus on the job, And you work like Jesus, you serve like Jesus, talk like Jesus, you walk like however Jesus walked. (laughs) 
whatever Jesus would do, you took authority like Jesus would, you pray like Jesus, you do all these things. You're conforming to his image. That's the will of God. And maybe you don't know, well, I don't know if I'm doing his, his purpose. Well, you can do this purpose. And if you'll do this purpose long enough, God will get you on the exact place that you are supposed to be. He'll get you in that right job or wherever business, wherever it is. He'll get you there because you'll be conforming to the image of Christ. And it will be exactly what Father created you. It says he's prepared good works. There are works that have been prepared for you before the foundation of the world. Your works have already been prepared. What God has for you before the foundation of the world. God's smart. Smart enough that we need to know whatever he says is good and just do it. Amen? Grow up and do it. So if you're not moving, if you're not growing, moving towards, if you're not getting some word in you, you're not doing the second part of this purpose. And all things are not working together for your good. Can you imagine a guy, well, I haven't, you ask him, do you love God? Yes, I love God. What church you go to? Well, I, I, go, uh, uh, I go to my house church. Oh, how many are going? Me and my wife. She attends sometimes. Oh, great. Um, okay. What are y'all covering? Well, I've been reading Sports Illustrated lately. Why? Well, I'm just trying to see what the world's up to, you know, where I can pray and, you know, intercede. And I need to pull down some strongholds. There's some out there in the world, you know. Uh, yeah, some in your house. <laughs> well, you know, I lost my job the other day, but I know all things are working together for my good. No, they're not. No. Things are working to destroy your life. <laughs> And you just lovingly tell them, read the scripture. <laughs> you need to read the rest of the scripture. What's the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say? <laughs> this is a conditional promise. But we want it unconditionally. But it's conditional. Your relationship with your spouse. I mean, you can see this picture. There's promises there, but they're conditional. All the ladies saying, Amen. No, no, it's unconditional love I have. No. <laughs> it says that the woman is a responder to her husband. Does she walk in unconditional love? Yeah. She does. But they're very, very some, some fruit coming from Mr. So and so. There's a condition there. Us guys know it. Never, never mind. I'll pull a Kenneth Hagin on here in a second here. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. <laughs> so God's ultimate purpose and destination for your life is your life should be changing, processing, and growing. If you're not walking with God and growing, all things are not working together for your good. In fact, 
you start loving darkness and that opens the door to the enemy. Do you know Satan's been bound to darkness? That's where he can only flow is in darkness. And when you reject the light and reject the truth, you don't have to read just reject it. You just move away from it and ignore it. And what happens, you've opened the door to darkness. And it's a doorway and a gateway for the enemy to come in and start doing his thing. And all things are not working together for your good. They're working to destroy, to steal, kill, and destroy. God's not the author of stealing, killing, destroying. The devil is. So this is a life and death thing, what we do. It's your fight of faith, loving God, and that ultimate purpose that he has for your life, fulfilling it. Always conforming, always growing, always being a lifelong student of the Word of God, learning, going to community groups and fellowshipping. We need each other. There's strength there. Iron sharpens iron, learning and growing together. We need these things. And then we have a wonderful, awesome promise that all things are working together for good. Anybody seen some things that you thought weren't that good and turned out they turned out for good? Anybody relate to that? They see it turn around? Yes. See that thing turn around for good. Only God can do that. The devil would like to see it turn around for worse and worse and worse. But there's God that turning around for good. Hallelujah. Colossians 1, verse 10. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who is qualified you to share an inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. So love God. Live like Jesus. When you do this, God is causing everything that happens, bad, good, indifferent, he's causing it all to work together for your good. And you can't lose. Hallelujah. What do we be grateful for the promises of God? Mm. What do we need to do? We need to position our heart. Maybe you've been confronted this morning and you realize that you need to change. You need to make a, a turn from the way you're going and turn to the Lord and to love him like you need to love him. Maybe you need that, that joy of your salvation again. Maybe you need to get in the Word and start feeding on the Word of God and grow. The Word of God's addictive. The Word of God is, it's never, it's a never-ending Word. It always speaks and it can speak something different to you. Every one of you in this place could hear what was spoken today in a different way. God can speak to each and every one of you something different. I don't know how many times I've come off the, the, the platform and somebody has say, you said this and it really spoke to me. And I thought, I never said that. That was God speaking to you. 
God speaks. He's alive. If you call upon him, and just like Lauren was saying, you know, sometimes you're saying, why hasn't the Lord, why haven't I heard? Sometimes is he hasn't told you yet. You ever heard that one? Yes, Lord. Lord, I need this answer, you know. Thank you, Lord, for the answer. Thank you, Lord, for the answer. Then one day, Lord, what's the answer? I hadn't told you. Oh. Well, you're good. I know your timing's perfect. I don't need to hear right now. Because you're good. To me, I need right now. But I'm going to relax and let this thing go. Because evidently, it's not the right time. Because you're good. Always good. He's always wonderful. He's an awesome God. Amen. Let's stand up. It's a worship team to come up. Prayer partners, uh, come on down. Hallelujah. And shut our eyes a moment. So lift your hands. Speak to the Lord for a moment. Just tell Him that you love Him. And maybe you recognize you need to repent. You're not loving Him like you need to be. You know if you are or not. That you just say inside, Lord, forgive me. I choose to love you. One way you can tell is your love for the world. Strong and your love for God just weak. He's second place. Maybe you realize you haven't been growing. So we're called to be his disciples. Disciplined followers that grow. We're always putting the Word of God in us. We're in prayer. We're seeking Him. In that way, we're conforming to His image. He wants us to be like Him. If you realize you haven't been growing, you haven't been moving forward. In the Word, you haven't been in the Word. Say, Lord, forgive me. And Lord, I, with your help, I'll be in the Word every day. I want to be that disciple who is consistently in the Word of God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to return to my first love be everything you've called me to be. That's you this morning. Just lift your hand and say, that's me. And you prayed to the Lord, asking to forgive you. We're in this place. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you never accepted Jesus as Lord. 
that is your first step. Let's all pray together. Say, Lord, I accept you as the Lord of my life, that you died for me. Your great love for me. You died when I was against you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross, taking my sins, that I could be free to live a righteous life. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.